Hello and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes over 750 comedians and counting uh, watching them over the last 45 years. Uh, my guest today is the fantastic Mr. Jake Lambert. Yes! Hello! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> Are you all right? I'm very good, thank you. Good to see you too. Oh, it's great. I'm so delighted you're here. It's 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 it's. Oh, it's my pleasure. pleasure to have you here, mate. It really is. Um, we're going to spend the next forty-five minutes to an hour or so talking about your comedy career, if that's okay. Of course. Yes. Of course. So, yeah. Um, we're going to go right back to the start. And can you tell me, please, how did you become a comedian? Oh. Um... Well, how did I become a comedian? I'll tell you, I guess, um, how it happened was I I was on Twitter, I had a Twitter account, uh, still do, and I was tweeting jokes uh, on there. And then a couple of comedians started messaging me and asking to, um, asking to uh, buy my jokes off of me. Right. Um, so I sold a couple. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a thing, but I thought I might as well make some money. And then I thought, um, I might as well just go and do these myself and just get the money from the promoter rather than from a comedian brilliant yeah so i just booked booked one in uh in london at the time i was actually i was also making my own um short films because i did film when i was at university right so i was like right writing then i was directing those and editing and i was like it takes so long to do <laughs> but i thought if you if you go on stage you can just i can just write my own jokes i could <laughs> direct myself and i yeah, can edit yeah. as i go and i realized i was just making uh, I was just sort of performing then, it was a lot, a lot easier and quicker. Yeah. So I just uh, booked some nights in London. Um, at, it was uh, Rachel Paris uh, helped me get my first gig. Right. Because she followed me on Twitter. And then um, and then I was off. That was it. What year was that? Uh, 2013. Wow. Right. Um, that, so that was, that was like, as in, that was my first open mic. Um, so, you know, we just in a pub in London. Um, so, but then so I still had a job of, and stuff. Was that sort of like five or ten minutes with your mate and you would stand up from a crowd and do your ten minutes and then sit back down again? Is that how you started? Yeah, so it was a... Uh, the first one was in the Cavendish, which was it was called the Comedy Virgins. And it, Have you been there? I've been there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's the little theatre space at the back of the pub. And then... Um, but it's... It's so lovely, and you do. You have to bring a friend. I think so. Every that's comedian right. has to bring a friend into the audience. Yeah. But the problem is, for some reason, the only thing that's wrong with that gig is they don't have a lineup. So they will just they'll say the next act is, and they pull out a number, and it's so. It's, I don't know if that's supposed to help people be relaxed. It does well, the complete when, opposite. You don't know when you're on. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, so, so you always think you might be next. Yeah, but, yeah. but what happened was, I had a friend of mine. Uh, who was from Germany and she was living in England and she'd had a problem with her um, landlord and he had told her that she can't stay there anymore. So she was on the phone asking if I could help her. So what happened was she was, you know, in another country and this landlord who was awful said that she couldn't live there anymore. So she was basically homeless in another country. And I thought, well, her experience tonight is a lot scarier than mine is. So it put it all in perspective. And I was like, I'm literally just going to tell... Um, some one-liners in front of a nice middle-class audience. So actually, what have I got to worry about? I wish um, I'd been then, there. <laughs> 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 it was it was good fun. I um I, I I really enjoyed it. What happened was I was quite nervous. So my um, in fact uh, the comedian uh, Saskia Preston was 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 there. Right. Um. I think she was she was on. So I think she must have already started. But she said she remembers that. She didn't know who I was, no, because nobody knew who I was because I'd never done a gig before. But my, um, I, I think I must have forgotten to take a belt, so my trousers started to fall down. Oh, no. But I was, I was oh. so nervous that I didn't do anything about it. So she said, <laughs> my trousers, not, not a lot, just started to slowly, I didn't do anything about it. I was too nervous to, to, oh, to sort of get out of my flow. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's why they were laughing. Either way, it worked. <laughs> I, uh, I, the only, one of the I, I haven't been on stage many times, but one of the first times I ever went on stage, I played, um, a, it was at um, primary school, and I played mm. Dopey the Dwarf. 
uh, <laughs> and snoring the seven dwarfs. And I had to go on on my knees because I've always been tall and I had shoes oh, on right. my knees. So I walked on and of course Dopey always used to get battered about by Snow White because he was the big one. And I thought, I don't know whether I can do this. All I'm trying to do is get laughs. laughs. I didn't realise that was Dopey's role. That seems oh, yeah. a bit, um, it's aged badly. I can't imagine that would happen anymore. <laughs> Being beaten because he's not very smart. Well, yeah, he was like thick and, it, and it, it, it was anyway, that was years and years ago. Anyway, so <laughs> you've described your first gig, which was five minutes in the Cavendish Arms. Is that right? Yes, that was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd say that for, I think it was I think it was three and a half minutes. Right. And I looked down at my watch, realised it was only three and a half minutes and pretended I hadn't started my watch so that I didn't know how long I'd done. So I left. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and and did that go that obviously went reasonably well for you to consider carrying on yeah what what happened was that night this is going to sound like a very egotistical story but what happened was people kept going up because it's comedy virgin so it's a lot of people's first gig yeah so I went up and people kept saying um oh it's my first gig before they started and then get a round of applause so i went on stage and i said um this is my first gig and then everyone clapped and I said, oh, thanks. That always gets an applause. So I sort of had joked about it being my first gig. So then the promoter, Compare, uh, he, sorry, Compare, he, um, he came on and as, as I was leaving and he shook my hands and he said, uh, he said, was that really your first gig? And I said, yeah. And he went, bloody hell. And so I was like, oh, that was actually awesome. Let me know that it must have been all right. <laughs> oh, brilliant! That's brilliant. Mm. So, um, yeah, you 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 obviously progressed from five minutes to longer sets. You uh, people, um, other comedians say they do five minutes, ten minutes, and then twenties, and then the full hour. Um, what do you like to talk about on stage? It's actually changing, and I think it's changed during lockdown because. I used to sort of talk about just my life and not really touch on politics um, just because I thought it'd be a bit refreshing. Yeah. But uh, that a lot of, especially when you go to Edinburgh, a lot of comedians are talking about sort of big topics. Yeah. But if I could talk about, you know, smaller stuff like making the perfect cup of tea or about my cat. That's I, what I, I love. That, <laughs> yeah. It would be a bit sort of refreshing. But I've realised that actually... I, I think that in my head, but I'm very reliant on the audience to to notice that because a lot of them might think there's bigger things going on here and you're talking about a cup of tea. So what I've decided to do is, and because there is bigger things, is I've started to try and talk about bigger things, but make them smaller. So comparing them to more personal things or talking about the fact that we can't talk about these big things because we're comedians and it's sort of it's too it's too big and it's yeah. and the world isn't as black and white as people make out you know who's good who's bad so i'm actually trying to talk about that on stage which i think is what i'll do a lot more um good is actually, that's a good good thing to do yeah and then ultimately once i've got that out the way then talk about the things i want to talk about because yeah, yeah. i think well <laughs> <laughs> all the things I like to talk about they're both things I want to talk about but then the, 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 the more sort of homely stuff is maybe a bit more bit, a bit nicer a bit more personable yeah, and then well, the other stuff is, I feel it, like I need to say that's that's what I find watching you You're, you are very personable with an audience and that's a great gift to have you have that oh, anyway you. you know you, you, you're very very good at um, interacting with an audience and that's a oh, that's plus. nice Oh, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. I do, I do enjoy that. Actually, it is yeah. good fun. It makes it seem live. Yeah. More yeah. live. Mm. Yeah. Very, very much so. Um, tell me about your writing process. When you, when you are writing a show or have got an idea, um, do you? How do you practice? How do you rehearse it? How do you? How does the idea come about? Um. The idea can come from anything. It can be um, something that maybe somebody notices in me. A friend might make a comment or might joke about something I do. Or 
I might see something when I'm out for a walk or I might see a scene in a film or something and then I make a note on my phone right uh, and then what happens is me and George Lewis uh, comedian well. we send each other five jokes there you go thought he does always be comedy as well yeah, yeah. and um, we send each other five jokes every Monday morning um, so I send him my five he sends me his and then we give each other notes and send them back so what it means is maybe on a, on a Monday morning, I'll sit down, I'll go through all the notes I've made that week and pick out my top five. And then I will make them into maybe a bit more jokes. There might've been observations that I need sort of need a punchline or something. And I'll send them to him. And then I know that everything I've written that week, that is my best five. And then they all go into a, a file so that when I've got a new material and I, I scroll through and I find the ones I like, pick up my favorites. So it's always sort That's of getting brilliant. filtered down before it gets to stage. Um, with what I like and maybe with George has given it an extra tag or a better punchline or something and then so they've, they've been a bit filtered before they get to stage what's what's brilliant as well is that you're using another comedian's experience to work mm. out to, to help with your writing process that's great yeah we're almost both like learning at twice the speed because he's out doing his gigs i'm out yeah. doing mine and there's yeah. things that we've learned or there's rhythms that we've learned that we can put together so yeah. it is helpful it's really good and yes and some of my best jokes i think have come from sort of workshopping them with george <laughs> uh, so yeah it's really good really really the really helps the, the reason why i know george so well mm. um my brother is called nick gill and he makes adverts uh on for the tv ah. And um, uh, I first saw George Lewis at Always Be Comedy with James Gill, obviously, comparing. And mm. I, I'd never met him before. And I said, oh, whatever it is, you've got it. It's, you're great. You know, really good. And I went, oh, thank you very much. And then my brother rang me up and he said, oh, he said, you've been speaking to George. I said, how do you know him? I said, I work with him. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no I way. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so the next time he appeared, I told him this story and he went, I genuinely thought James Gill was your brother. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I went, James Gill's my comedy brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my real brother. <laughs> so uh, so lovely. I'm hoping he's going to do this. Uh, I, know he, I know he's become a dad and everything, but I hope, he, I hope he's going to do this. Uh, mm, he's got two children now. He has, yeah, yeah. We've got two right. very different lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, um, so we'll move on. You've reached, you reached a number of major comic semi-final competitions in 2015. I'm thinking mm. the Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year, the BBC New Comedian and the Magnus New Comedian. And you also reached the Amused, Amused Moose final in 2016. Describe, yes. Describe these experiences of entering and getting so far in competitions because it's thoroughly deserved. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, right, yes, the BBC when I did super early, so I'd only been going a couple of months and I didn't realise that I was up against people who'd been going for a few years. So what happened was I got to a bit which was the public vote Right. But because I've been tweeting for so long before it got to this point, I had a couple of thousand followers on Twitter. So when I said, oh, can people vote for me? Some big people, including um, Adam Kay, yeah. uh, the, the, the now author, wow. uh, started retweeting. Um, so what happened was, and I didn't, I didn't know how comedy worked. I didn't realise how, you know, maybe bitchy it could be. So clearly at the time, I, I, I sort of knocked out, you could say, some big people. Uh, who'd been going for years but um but i didn't realize that you know that i guess maybe i don't i'm broken it was just a, it was just a vote but it was a, it was a flaw in the bbc's system maybe that they shouldn't be doing it to a public vote but um so what happened was i remember a few years later the competition happened again and someone else got through who had a bit of a twitter following and i saw a few people tweet and say oh i see the person with the most twitter followers got through again and i suddenly realized how no. i must have yeah so people must have been sort of oh. moaning about me um and then to the so funnily enough then the leicester one the, the leicester mercury i got to the final well it's actually it's only ever a final so you get i think it's 12 people get nominated by promoters and people and in fact it was Adam Kay's boyfriend, who is a producer at the BBC, right. who put me forward for it. Um, so he nominated me. So he was he was somebody who was asked to, to nominate somebody. 
Um, so, two things. One, very lovely. I got to go on the radio. You get to get some nice reviews. But ultimately, competitions are, um, I think, a really silly uh, in comedy because there would be like, say, for example, 12 of us competing. But we're, we're some people are going home and some people are going through, but not necessarily the best. And, yeah, and yeah. it's not like if we were all like doing a 100 meter sprint, we would know that was the fastest person, that was the slowest person, yeah. the fastest person goes through. Yeah. And it just depends on who's judging that night or who's... And, and, and then, then, then you've got... Um, I think the BBC one has some critics who are judges, but I don't think that critics should be sort of gatekeepers to be voting people through. Yeah. And it's, so it's all a bit strange. So they're good to do because they can give people a level up and it does help and it does help people know who you are. But ultimately, I think they're a bit, um, maybe a bit, a bit silly. But to eat up until the, the top, which is the Edinburgh Fringe, um, it's just there in in the comedy world. So it's yeah. something I'm going to have to live with. But I just find it a bit. <laughs> I thought once which I think is mad. You can win the World Cup as many times as you can. You can win the Oscars as many times as you can. You, you could, you, but, but for some reason, I was going to say the Nobel Peace Prize, but I don't know how many times you can win that. Maybe once, maybe I, I don't know, but the Edinburgh Awards, you can't win it once. So like Jordan Brooks, for example, he, he's he's been going to the fringe and had like an amazing time at the festivals now he's won yeah. what's his sort of drive to go back and what's the audience's drive to go and see him because they're not going to see the um so i think that's a bit flawed as well yeah yeah very much so i agree um my the reason why i wrote my blog i i went to the amused moose uh half day writing competition uh, it wasn't a competition it was to, just to improve on my writing and um uh the mm. they they um I like said a workshop to, yeah yeah workshop thing and i said to them um i'm not a reviewer i'm not a critique i'm not a diarist i'm a member of the audience and i'm out to have a good time and so my blog is really an enthuse for the brave heroes to me who get up there and actually have a go and do it it's extraordinary Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, because, you know, I'm going out uh, um, every time I go out to the to the comedy. Uh, I'm going to, my, going to myself, right, I'm going to go and enjoy myself. And I do. And that, that's all there is to it. So, you know, with everybody else, uh, if you get hecklers yeah. in or anybody, in, we're not there to hear them. We're there to hear you. It's as simple as that. Okay, Jake, what's been your best and worst gig? Okay, I'll start with the worst one because I imagine that's the one people want to hear more about anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I'd say the best one first, people won't even be listening. They'll be like, can't wait. I'm going to go and put the kettle on. I want to hear about the worst one. <laughs> so the worst one was a, it was a corporate gig in, I've blanked out, I think it was Guernsey or something. And it was for the, I think it was like their construction awards. And it was just a horror show where I was, I'd, I'd asked who the other comedians that had done it in previous years were, and it was Milton Jones and Lucy Porter. And I was Brilliant. like, lovely comedians. I imagine that means it's going to be a lovely audience. And they, I got there, they flew me in, and then they said, you won't be on till half 10 tonight, so go to the hotel, make yourself comfortable, we'll pick you up. So I get there, and then it's like, it's everyone's obviously really drunk. And... I'm on after a guy who's retiring is being like honoured for his like all his work his wife's turned up as a surprise but she's I tried to have a conversation with her and she was giving nothing oh, so man. it was all a bit odd and she sort of went on stage and it was I think they must have had an argument before the evening because it almost seemed like she didn't want to be there and he didn't <laughs> want her to be there it was very odd anyway um Afterwards, the, the, the host of the night said, and, and that's everything, give it up for everybody, uh, have, have a good night and, and everything. And, and then I was like, what do I do? And then a lady running, it was like, oh, uh, 
just just go on here and I was like I don't have a microphone and she was like oh I'll get you a microphone she got me a microphone she goes here I said so do I just announce myself on but at this point people were like walking past us they were like leaving so oh she was like I'll welcome you she was like oh, grab the mic she was like welcome to the stage Jake Lambert and then I sort of walked on the stage and then I sort of had to walk through the people so they were all coming at me I'm like and then I got on the stage and people are leaving and they sort of turn to look to sort of say do we have to stay and I'm like you can go if you want so they do but then there's there's this, this table here of men in their sort of mid six to late sixties and they're all in tuxedos and oh. they're instantly there heckling and they're saying, you know, <laughs> where's your suit? And I was told not to wear a suit. So I'm like, I don't, and they just hated me. So luckily this side of the room to the center and the right. And there's this the girl actually, there was a girl in the middle and she, she, we, we now follow each other on Instagram. She was so lovely. She was like laughing away. And then there was all, all these people here who were really lovely they're all young and they were loving it and then there was just these men here and they just ha hated me hated it so the more that sort of they hated what i was talking about the more this lot loved it so i was trying <laughs> to wind them up more which i shouldn't have done but and then i i do the whole i did this whole thing about tea <laughs> but I did used to do things about the color color of the lids and how what one was like you know red skimmed is like um is like white water <laughs> but over there the coloring is different and they have cartons with with the same colors but the colors don't match so i think red is semi-skimmed green is skimmed and blue and or green is it's wrong basically <laughs> so one of them i got so confused by it and we, but the more that more i got confused the more that wound them up so then one of them said here and he showed me his phone like this and he's and he, he googled all the, all the different milks but i was on a, <laughs> i had a, two big screens behind me just so everyone could see so i was like right so i was talking to him through the milks and then he said right now you finish that bit you can f off <laughs> and, and i said that's a very brave thing to say to somebody who uh who has your phone <laughs> unlocked <laughs> So I said, maybe I should go into your photos. And I pressed photos and I turned it like that. And then we're scrolling through and it was all harmless. And then it was a woman on like a bed. Um, no. But she was dressed, but like for like room dressed. Oh my. And then I said, oh, who's that? And it was on a big screen. And then this other woman from another table said, not his wife. And she got <laughs> up and stormed out. He he walked after her and I just sort of handed him my phone. He sort of snatched it out and he walked off. And I looked down and they said, do any, anywhere between 20 and 25 minutes. And I looked down and it was uh, 19 minutes 59. And I just went, I've been Jake Lambert. Thank you very much. <laughs> Shouldn't have told them oh, my that's name. Brilliant. And then, um, that's horrible and then I, brilliant. <laughs> I left and the young this young guy who was, who was helping out at the event, he uh he came he came rushing in and he sort of said this way to the car and then i said oh wow you got the car already for me and he said yeah i came and started up about five minutes after you'd been on <laughs> he no, obviously realized oh, this needs to be a quick escape <laughs> and the next day honestly i um next day I, I had to fly home and it was um baseball cap on <laughs> space in, in the uh, in the airport just thinking and it wasn't honestly it wasn't until i got off the plane that i was thinking i'm safe because i just didn't know if someone was going to walk past me and recognize me wow. and, oh god oh mate um, that must have been yeah <laughs> but a great story a great yeah it's story. the only time and it's the only time in my life i think where i felt that i needed a um like a whiskey um <laughs> i got back to the hotel and i was like needed like a drink um <laughs> and what about yeah. follow that what about your best ones then there must be too many <laughs> oh there's well the, yeah yeah luckily there's lots more those to choose from um my best one was uh def i mean i'd say maybe without a doubt like it was um in uh norway opening for uh michael mcintyre wow. and it was in um it was in oslo arena wow um which was it was so it's ten thousand people yeah but the, the 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 but they're not like a lot of arenas you play they're sort of they go back and around but this was like just here just a wall of people wow wow, wow. and it was incredible and the building itself it was an ex-un building 
So like to get backstage, well, oh, when you play arenas, you like you, you're in the big car, you, you drive in to, to the like to the building, yeah, and then because it's you end it's um it's bomb proof so like there was a big door about this thick that you had to turn like the stick like the, the wheel on it just to get it to open on its wheels and it was just absolutely incredible and a friend of mine lived in oslo so i messaged her and asked if she wanted tickets yeah so she came along and i, and I was just looking there was like a hole in a bit of the curtain as i was looking out at all the people that were going to be on and i could see her and i messaged i was just getting ready to be called on so I had my phone and I just texted her I said are you wearing a red jumper and she was like yeah and I was like I can see you see and it was incredible <laughs> yeah in like a sea of 10,000 Norwegians I could just see her um, wave and it was yeah 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 and uh it was so lovely then afterwards Brilliant. um because because I, I thought when you play these places I just thought that uh, I'd never played arenas before and I'd never talked with Michael yeah. so I thought that um I thought they just had all the food you could want. So this guy kept coming up to me before I'd go on stage. I'd be like, what would you want for dinner afterwards? And I'd be like, oh, what do you have? And he'd say, anything. I'd be like, wow. And so this one, he was like, I said, oh, he said, got everything, is it Italian or Chinese? I said, oh, perfect, I'll have Chinese. And I ordered my favorite Chinese uh, meal. And he said, I'll have it ready for when you get off stage. I was like, this is incredible. So on stage, it was amazing. And it was, it was, it was huge and I loved it. Yeah. And then I went to get this afterwards and I walked off stage into my, uh, green room and the, the Chinese was sat there and I was like they do everything at this place and then he said no no he said I go and get it for you and we'd done four nights there and I thought that this guy had just been going to the venue to get food but he'd been driving when I as soon as I went on stage wow. he drove out into like wherever we were uh they were like Trondheim or um Lillehammer or Oslo wow. to get dinner for me and have it ready for when I came off stage I had no idea and it was that my favorite meal after my favorite gig yeah wow, oh, it was wow, lovely wow. and what a what a main act I mean I I saw McIntyre in a tiny hut before he was famous and you could oh, tell really where was that that was in Edinburgh one mm. of his very early Edinburgh shows I uh, and, oh right and, and there was about 50 people in there and you could just tell he's yeah. such a great comedian he can pick anything and make it mm. he did a he did a brilliant routine about getting his hair cut it was just fantastic yeah yeah oh he's, he's yeah he's anything so, so and it's good. such he, once, once he's touched it you feel like you can't go near that yeah. topic because yeah. he'll just have had it and he and he's, he's like that um off off stage he's right. so fun, fun to be around and yeah 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 there's a great video on my instagram actually because we got snowed in on the last night right and so we we were like wait because we, we were flying out so we had like this private jet lined up but it couldn't take off they put us in this little building and as we walked out i was filming because the snow was everywhere and michael picked up a snowball and our tour manager was sort of walking ahead so he threw it and you just saw this snowball just hit the tour manager on their head oh, it was absolutely perfect <laughs> and it, it was so good and michael just turns around to the camera and goes did you get that yeah i've always wanted to meet him I've, I've i couldn't get near him i've seen him many uh, times but uh, yeah he's oh, he's, he's, he's lovely he really is yeah um uh you talked earlier on about getting nervous you were you were early uh, certainly at your early gigs you were nervous do you get nervous before you go on stage generally and if you do how do you cope with it no i don't really i think it was actually probably the lesson i learned on that first gig where my friend was left almost homeless in a foreign country that i just um i just think what's the word i mean i've had the worst that could happen which yeah. is i guess causing some sort of divorce in guernsey but i just feel like <laughs> what's the worst that could happen the worst i guess maybe i could get punched or beaten yeah. up, i don't know but i'm not going to get shot no. so i think it was it's all fine and then there is sometimes you sort of have a gig that maybe you know the audience look a bit scary you just think oh, why don't i just run away but then <laughs> always after you finish the gig it's the best feeling even oh, if it, yeah like, i can imagine yeah yeah it must be like guns you just you just yeah and you feel proud of yourself that you've done it because there's so many times in life you sort of want to just run away from an awkward yeah. situation or you just don't want and then you just actually just doing it feels so much better yeah no matter what it's just so um it's a it's just another, for me though it's another of your qualities on stage because you're so confident you oh that's nice and you give this you walk on and you go right this is my space i'm going to entertain you if it 
the last thing I do, you know. Yeah, you yeah. You always do. You always. Oh, that's do. so lovely. Yeah. You, it, 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 well, it's true for me, anyway. Um, how do you remember all your routines? Do you have a way of remembering them? Is there a way of remembering them? Um, yeah, some people talk about um, having like I think like a memory palace. Right. So they sort of have a thing where they'll visualize, for example getting in the front door and in the front door when they go in their cat's there and then they talk about their cat and then their cat runs up the stairs and then they talk about upstairs is maybe the bathroom they're going to talk about having a shower and then so they remember things and there's yeah. there's a link to everything yeah um and i do but i do think that anyway i sort of uh i i guess if you're writing a set um you want it to link in some way anyway yeah. so automatically you should have it that it sort of makes sense um and it should link to the next bit. So naturally, I think if it's stuff that I want to be talking about, or I want to drop in, it should be near a thing that connects it anyway. Right. So as long as I remember, as long as I basically remember the first thing I'm going to say, then the rest of it which should just fly. Once you remember um, that you've um, got, yeah. picture in it helps. Yeah. So if I am talking about being at home, picturing being at home just means that it comes anyway. Yeah. Um, it's never been it's never been a, a problem for me i've always i'm quite good at i remember like even if i like go to my friend's house and they read out their wi-fi password i'll just remember the wi-fi oh, password i'll just yeah. remember things and dates and i can remember stuff really well so it just it never really sort of so that's, an issue. Really, a, that's really a photographic memory then mm, yeah i guess so it's something like that yeah but it's, it's often with dates and numbers and stuff i can just Recall them, or sometimes it's quite good. Actually, it's been quite good for, I guess, like networking. Like, yeah, I could meet a comedian and talk to them, or talk to a producer, and then the next time I meet them, I remember the football team they support. I remember the fact that they they like to to, wow. to like play golf or something, and then yeah. I just sort of, um, yeah. So it's it's quite nice. It's That's just quite brilliant. helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is that is great. Um, Let's move on to Edinburgh. What uh, I I go up to the Edinburgh Fringe. I've been lucky to go uh, since two thousand and five. It's my mm. holiday, really, uh, and I, I go up for a week, and I see about fifty shows, and I need a holiday by the time I come back because I love. Yeah, so I much. bet. Um, what was your first Edinburgh Fringe like? What year was it? What did you feel? What show were you in? What was the experience um, like? So my, so my first, actually my first one wasn't great. I only went up for three or four days for the So You Think You're Funny semi-final. Right. And I, I didn't understand when I started comedy, I had no idea what the festival was. I sort of heard about it, but it was something that posh people did and you know and, and like Oxford <laughs> students went to. So I just nice. had no idea. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it just wasn't what people from Slough went to, so I just sort of, <laughs> I just had no idea. So not Carlisle. I, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just sort of walked around. It was raining, and I couldn't understand. What the, I didn't understand, and I so now I understand when people who aren't in comedy ask me about it that it's mental when you imagine that there's thousands of shows a day. I think yeah. there's over two hundred every hour happening it's at ridiculous. once. Yeah. And I was like, how is there people for this? I don't, I didn't understand how it was so big. So I think my first one was um, overwhelming and confusing. Um, but We've so now I know. You, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone had seen me walking around, they'd have gone, that boy looks overwhelmed and confused. That was just my face constantly for the four days. Yeah. Um, but I, Again, there's a lot of, I enjoy doing my own show up there. There's a lot of yeah. pressure on the whole newcomer thing, which again, I don't like because it's unnecessary pressure when people are just sort of finding their feet. Right. It's, I just think it's a bit unfair, but I always looked at people who went up every year and just got better and a bit better and a bit better and a bit better. And like Catherine Ryan, for example, she went up oh. there. She didn't, she didn't take off for the first couple of years. Pasco the same. A, lo a lot of people really sort of had to work for it. And actually they're the people I'd sort of, preferred the sound of their journey because they just got to get a bit better under the radar yeah so i was really excited to go up there last year to do my third hour but that i'll have to wait but um i'm excited i'm really excited to go back more excited i think than i've been for the others right right yeah. mm, i feel like i get it a bit more now well um 
I've I've seen uh, I first saw you do Little Lost Lad in mm. 2018, which was superb, and I recommended to my friends who thought you were fantastic. There you go. Yes. <laughs> and I also saw you do Never Make the Same Mistake Twice, spelt wrong. Uh, in 2019 that's the pun there you are you see there is and they were both superb hour-long shows they really were, they oh. were well structured well delivered oh thank you do you, do, you, do you remember my friend maria got up from a seat she was sitting next to me and she got up from a seat and sat at the back and you went oh my friend richard what you what have you done to your <laughs> and she, <laughs> she went very red <laughs> And again, it was, it was all audience. You won't remember it, but it was all audience. Oh, I remember, yeah. I remember thinking, what must you have done? What could you have possibly said? It's like your own friend walks in the well, well, um, back of the room. Maria, um, I've known 20 odd years. I, I worked with her twice and she's, she's the best uh, companion to go along to things like this because she loves the comedy as well so it was probably right. a laugh i was laughing too loud at you and she wanted right. to hear you that was probably what it was yes i think she <laughs> i actually recalled that's what she said and then i was like and then i remember i remember saying well i can't i'm sorry but i cannot tell an audience member off for laughing too loudly i really need it so <laughs> you're gonna have to live with it believe me i've been in many an audience that i've that have actually left because i've been too loud and that and that really annoyed me anyway let's move yeah, on that was, that um, was the second show wasn't it that was yeah, never yeah, the same yeah, mistake yeah. twice yeah, yeah. I remember. um i've also seen you host many a comedy night uh particularly mm. at always be comedy um mm -hmm. do you prefer comparing to performing a routine no <laughs> that's the short answer <laughs> Right, why? <laughs> <laughs> There's many, many reasons. One is the, the, it's very hard to sort of, you, you, the night really does rely on you. Yeah. It, if the audience are misbehaving, if, the, if, they're, if the audience are amazing, that's on you. If they're not, that's on you. But you, I just like to, once I'm done, I've left the stage. I don't want to have to go back on so i just don't really enjoy no. i like to sort of because you, you build <laughs> you up momentum start again, for someone yeah. else to then come yeah. and make the love and then you've got to do it again and you, you just do all this work <laughs> um and then often sometimes audience members come up to you afterwards and go oh you were really good at that you should give it a go as well and they, they can't understand that i'm also a comedian yeah, yeah. for some reason although on the flip side, the good thing about that is, and you don't have to worry about this, it'll always be comedy because they're such a lovely audience. But it's good for people to know that comparing is the hardest job. However, if you remember before you go onto stage at other gigs, that the audience don't understand that you are a comedian. There is no pressure on you whatsoever. If you talk to them, make them feel welcome, and if you can make them laugh, it's a bonus, but they don't expect it and they don't know. So actually you should technically, if they all think like that, which majority of them seem to, you've, you've got a very easy gig where you don't have to make them laugh. Um, so that's the good side, but ultimately yeah. it's nice just to do your 20 minutes and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. Really good answer again. Um, what is your ambition as a comedian? Do you have Thank an you. ambition? Would you like a TV show? Would you like to present? Would you what? Or are you... um, now, um, well, yeah, that would be nice, and, and you get nice sort of bonuses in this job. I think where you get job offers that maybe you wouldn't get anywhere else. But yeah. for me, it's having my own audience. Um, I think if you can tour to a, your own audience and 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 not sort of struggling for numbers, but you know, I, th I think if we're talking about dream, nothing massive, a lot of arenas are incredible, but I wouldn't want to play them because it's just so big and I like it to be a bit more connected. Um, so I always thought the biggest I'll go, well, it's not up to me, but I'd like to think that the biggest I'll ever go is about 3000. But if it was just, you know, 500, everything there and a thousand if you could just easily perform that every night to like a really sort of core audience yeah that would be brilliant and then on a bigger scale it would be america i right. really 
it came to them late actually a lot of people sort of have big American comedians they're fans of and I never was and I've gotten into it as I've started doing comedy more and appreciating it a lot more um, and then so the room I'd love to, I'd love to be able to set out uh, the Apollo in London that would be an amazing one I'd love to be able to do and then there's a uh, Radio City Hall in New York. There. I've been there. Oh, Amazing. Who, who did you see there? Did uh, you do the tour? Did we you... didn't see anybody. We, we were we were staying next door to it in the hotel, and we couldn't get in. I think, um, who was wow. on when we were there? It was it was somebody like well, it was of course it was somebody like Bon Jovi, if I remember. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I thought yeah. I'm going to sing, <laughs> but but they they. Um, you couldn't get in yeah it, mm. it, it was so it was such an impressive building but, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's incredible and uh, john mulaney has got an amazing special that he filmed there right. and i've always thought I, wa I wanted to so maybe about just over a year ago i thought that's it that's the room i really want to play that would be incredible and then i was in the isle of man with michael yes and he had just he'd just been to america and he had just done radio city hall um, I think he did two nights there, maybe, but he, um, wow. and then he said to me, we were, we were backstage in the Isle of Man and he was almost apologizing for sort of taking me away from home to be there. And I was like, no, it's great. And he said, sorry, America didn't work out. He said, we just didn't have enough time to get the visa, but we will have more exciting gigs. And I didn't realize that had I been lucky that I could have gone and supported him out there and oh, I could have man. played this room that I'd always dreamed of. That so amazing. Yeah, so I was, I was, I was close, but it will yeah. happen. It will happen. I'm sure it will. Of course, it will. Uh. Um, it will, mate. It will. It will. Keep believing. It will. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. We are all living in strange times. It's horrible. Yeah, mm. it's really awful. Um, how have you done any online gigs? How have you found online gigs as opposed to live gigs? Um. I think that might have actually helped with my delivery because you have to be a lot more sort of conversational. You can't yeah. just sort of perform and at some point during them, people realise that you can just sit down and do them rather than sort of standing up and trying to have the energy that people at home don't have. Um, so I actually quite quite like that. I think you can make it a bit more. It's very intimate as well. I mean, they're literally showing you, you're showing people your house. So you have to be a bit more open, I think. So I think I've actually preferred them and I've, I've actually got one tonight so i'm doing um catherine bohart's tonight oh brilliant um yeah so i've got i've got that after this um yeah, yeah I, I enjoy it i think they're, they're good fun and the audiences are lovely because of course they're going to be because they've decided to go to a zoom yeah. gig so it means Very that they must really so, love yeah. comedy yeah. so they're always going to be a good audience so yeah i, I like them I, get, I can get used to it with 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 me um it's it's saved my lockdown because i'm so passionate right. about it um, mm. I don't know what I'd do without it. It's it's you can't for me you can't be a live uh, gig, but mm. this is as good as it gets. You know, oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, when it when it first started off, there was a lot of gigs I went to where there was no audio, so I was just mm. sitting here laughing to four walls and I thought, right, I, was, yeah. I thought I was going to get taken away the neighbours were knocking on the windows <laughs> but then when the audio opened up it was wonderful you know it, 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 oh it's, yeah. yeah it's it's really lovely and it was um so it was James Gill who runs Always Be Comedy and my agent Flo and them two were talking about how they could make it work and Flo said why don't you select some and have them unmuted yeah and the two of them basically saved the lockdown for comedy yeah. fans. It's amazing. It is. It, it's 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 um, uh, the 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 Chortle Awards are just up right now it, um, as as we're recording this, and I'm hoping mm. to God they get the Legends of Lockdown Award. Yeah, they should. They, they so, deserve it. So deserved. It, mm. it, and it really, yeah. is. you know, it really. And does. helped so many comedians yeah. to yeah, um, yeah, very very much, including yourself. It's been brilliant seeing mm. you there. Yeah, really oh, good. good. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. And then I've been um I've been writing on Ranganation and and Ramesh um has been using it to test out yeah. material for that as well. Yeah. So it's 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 incredible. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs uh, as a member of the audience? No. <laughs> um. <laughs> I've asked that to every comedian, and they've all said no. <laughs> no. 
I might remove it from the <laughs> list. <laughs> nah, yeah, but you you find somebody, and, and I I do think I've it'll be I think I'm somebody who when hopefully I get to the position where you know I don't have to sort of rely on doing the festival every year that I would like to go back and see people and support them. Um, but when I'm up there, even when I'm up there, you just want to think about your own show yeah, and you just yeah, want to. Um, yeah. And there has been some times I've, I've, I've wanted to go to Soho. I've taken myself along to sort of Soho Theatre yeah. to watch some of those shows, just support your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But because um, you, you do, from watching other people, you will learn, you will get better. Yeah, but um, yeah. ultimately, if we've got a night off, you just want to be away from yeah 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 even, even i can't do it every night <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you, you need a break um Ooh. so as an extension of that if you're on a comedy bill do you mm. and you're first on do you wait and watch all the other acts on or do you move on or does it depend on what your <sighs> evening involves yeah, I mean, yeah. I was actually, funnily enough, I was talking to Sarah Keyworth on my um, podcast just the other day, and we were both saying how when this is all over, we're sticking around so much more, we're going to be so much more social, and then I said, cut to a month later, we'll all be shooting off to get home again, but... <laughs> If you're if you're if you're away with people, it's really lovely to do. But often in London, people are doubling up, or they yeah, just yeah. have other things. Or you know, the fact that you're in London means that maybe you can go to a friend's birthday that yeah. otherwise, had you not been in London, you wouldn't be able to go to. So you're sort of like taking sort of uh, uh, the advantage of being near home. Um, but if it's friends on, and if you get a good bill, always be comedy. I think I almost always stay. Um, if if good people are on but yeah. often because i think a lot of comedians they're not quite themselves when they're at a gig because yeah. they're in a heightened state they're even anxious or yeah. they or it's all about them because they're thinking about their material or they've been on and it's still about them because they want you to sort of praise them it's often unless it's sort of a good friend and a comedian it's actually quite difficult because people are often sort of in a weird state and also again because you're in london it could mean that i'm on at top secret uh at eight o'clock and i can be home by nine yeah yeah and that yeah. that never happens on a friday for example yeah. so i might want to go and see friends so hopefully it happens a bit more after all this but yeah. ultimately that's why i think we all go a little bit mad and drink and stay out so late at the festival yeah, yeah. because it's our it's our month to sort of do that do and that, sort yeah, of not have to yeah. drive anywhere and we can just sort of be with our friends yeah, yeah. for the month and, and we make up for it then i'd say more, um, more than make up for yeah, it fantastic um who are your comedian who are your favorite comedians past and present um it's 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 tough because I think that's changed as I've been going. That's changed. Sorry, my hair's an absolute mess. Um, I think it's changed. So, it start when I first started. It was uh, Lee Mack, um, uh, Sean Locke. Yeah. Uh, I'd say um, Harry Hill. It was sort of that sort of style because Harry Hill was the first comedian I ever even saw even on TV. Wow. Uh, and I still love them. I've, I've managed to. I hope I've opened for Sean Locke, which has been incredible. And I've never met Lee or, or Harry Hill, but um, they're still up there. But now it's a lot more Americans that have sort of influenced me. So it'll be like John Mulaney, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Bill Burr. Um, really like Anthony Jeselnik. He's very dark, but I just really sort of admire what he does yeah yeah so there's a lot more americans have come in but also lee mack carry hill sean Locke will sort of stay as they'll they'll always be there as well but it's definitely at the minute a lot more sort of american based um was, maybe because very, they're sort I was, of i was very lucky um i saw bill hicks live in manchester oh he, wow he was incredible uh and uh, very dark yeah but, i but bet so uh so direct with an audience you couldn't help but listen to what he was saying and he was yeah right with his, with his delivery um i've met harry hill on a number of occasions and and, and yeah and the first time i met him i said to him um i saw you first saw you 30 years ago downstairs in the king's head and to this day you've got the best opening line i've ever heard to a gig which was he brushed past me 
jumped up on stage and said, I'm really sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm late for the show. Uh, I, uh, I had to have a testicle brought down and everybody started laughing and then he said from Derby <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and he grinned and he said I still use that now <laughs> oh, amazing that's he's, amazing he's brilliant, he's brilliant. He's, um, yeah I'd love to meet him the reason why I asked the question is that there's a section in my blog called the ones that got away and I've written 25 of them who have either passed on or I haven't been able to see because they every one of them holds so many memories for me that's mm. the, why the blogs come along but there's people in there like Morecambe and Wise, Bob Monkhouse, Dave Allen mm. and I just think these comedians that I grew up with you can see now traces in just about every one of them that you can see now it's 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 uh, yeah it really yeah. is and and yeah um, Please keep doing what you do. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> just before we go, um, uh, is there anything else you would like to say? Where can you be found on social media? Are you doing any online gigs, which you've mentioned before? You've got your podcast. Please mm. feel free to tell the world everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my. My confession. Um, yeah. I am. So I have um I'm I'm on Little Lost Little Lost Lad on um Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. That's uh yeah. That's yes. me for the uh, for the socials. Yes. And then uh yeah, then my podcast, which I've podcast which I've started is um called Guest List with Jake Lambert, where I invite comedians on and then they have to pick their perfect dinner party guests. But uh, it can only pick three, and it has to be one that's alive, one that's dead, and one that's fictional, um, which is tough. I think I could give you everyone. Mine. Everyone, everyone wants. Have you got yours? Uh, mine would be Eric Morecambe, Inspector Morse, and uh, uh, Paul Merton. Uh, no, I don't, I, don't know. I don't know the third one. That's another coming. It's, it's, it's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're all hoping for. <laughs> but certainly, oh, that's lovely. And Morse is my favourite detective. Yeah, I was, lovely. I was, I was, I was almost in an episode of Inspector Morse, but the producer genuinely thought uh, I was going to play a corpse. And he, oh. and he said, and I, and I said, I'd love to be in it. He said, but no, he said, you're too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Please. especially for a corpse <laughs> yeah anyway please you're, uh, you're, are you doing any more writing i did interrupt there are you doing are you doing any writing oh no um yeah I'm, I'm writing on a few shows um writing a book writing writing my next edinburgh show for 2025 or where whenever that whenever will, be. It will be yeah. i've got it I'm, so I'm you're writing on it every book. day just in case you're writing a book mm. wow yeah a fiction Good man. Something to do, isn't it? Good lad. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I thought, why not? I have, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I could talk to you all night. You're such a funny man. Yeah, this is so lovely. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. And I wish you every success in whatever you do. I really do. And and please, I want to see you again live very soon or online. Thank you so yes, much for your time. Yes, I hope so. All, cool. the, no all, all the best to Good. you.